Can't get enough of Rebel Girls? Well, luckily, the Rebel Girls app is now completely free. That's right, you can listen to the entire library of goodnight stories for Rebel Girls ad-free. Plus, check out the app's cool features like activities, trivia, custom playlists, and more. All parent-trusted and kids-safe. Find out more at rebelgirls.com slash audio and download the Rebel Girls app today. Thanks for listening. Do you love time machines, musicals, and jokes? Of course you do. That's why Story Pirates creator Danny Teeger made a brand new podcast called Musical Time Machine. Who says you can't have a dance party while learning about diverse trailblazers? From Abraham Lincoln and Harriet Tubman to George Washington Carver and Thomas Edison. Search for Musical Time Machine on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts to join the fun. Oh, track! One sec, Ren. Just locking up my bike. Good morning, bestie. Hey, what are you hiding behind your back? Well, it's interesting you use that word, bestie, because today just happens to be International Best Friends Day, and these are for you! Blue irises? But I didn't get you anything, Ren. I didn't even know there was such a thing as International Best Friends Day. Oh, there's like an international day for everything. There's an international nosepickers day, an international sword swallowers day, even an international vampire day. Ooh, now there's a holiday I can sink my teeth into. But back to these flowers. Irises, so fun. Specifically blue irises, Drac, which means your friendship is important to me. It's the perfect flower to show my appreciation for our friendship. Do different flowers have different meanings? Sure do, Drac. Flowers are pretty cool in lots of different ways, actually. Some are medicinal, some are edible, not to mention how they make us feel and how pretty they are. Well, do you know how flowers are making me feel right this minute? Like you have a sudden thirst for knowledge that needs to be quenched? Uh, To be fair, this one is on you. You are the one that brought me this beautiful bouquet, after all. That's fair. Then let's get to it. I want to learn all we can about flowers and all the roles they play in our world. Smells good to me. spot to put these beautiful irises. Where's that? Inside the coven of curiosity. Step inside and we'll get this brain train moving. Let's start with the history of flowers. Where are we heading first? About 140 million years ago during the Earth's Cretaceous period. Ooh, we're going to see dinosaurs? That feels like that could be a topic to take up another day. True. So what does this era have to do with flowers? It's around this time that flowering plants underwent a huge evolutionary explosion. For the next 80 million years or so, most of the families of flowers we know today start appearing. What happened to cause them to appear? Scientists believe it was most likely due to climate change, which led to the appearance of bees, butterflies, and other insects that pollinate flowers. Huh. 
So I guess that's one example of climate change leading to something good. That sounds the opposite of good. Oh, that's a T-Rex. Let's go, 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 go! Okay, so the insects that can pollinate exist. Yay! But what does that mean exactly? Let's get back to the present, then shrink down to the size of a bee and watch how one of them pollinates a flower up close. Okay, Coffin, find us a field of flowers. Ooh, tulips everywhere. Bees too. Let's get closer. That bee won't sting us, right? Nah, it's too focused on doing what it came to that flower to do. Pollinate it. Which means what exactly? Pollination is the process of pollen, a plant's reproductive cells, being transferred to another flower of the same species. That happens when an insect, like a bee, moves from plant to plant feeding. What do the insects feed on? Nectar, which is a sugary liquid flowers produce. So when the insect, or our bee in this case, lands on the flower, pollen grains stick to its body. Ah, so when the bee moves from one flower to the next, it's carrying those grains with it. That's right. In the United States alone, there are over 4,000 species of bees that are able to meet the pollination needs of all sorts of flowers and crops. Crops too? Yep. Stuff like apples, pears, blackberries, peaches, alfalfa, and almonds all depend on pollinator insects like bees. That's amazing! Right? But bee populations all over the world are dwindling due to parasites, pesticides, and loss of habitats. So the more flowers people plant, the more we can help to ensure their ongoing survival. Well, we will definitely do that after we're done here. Speaking of that, we know that bees and other insects feed off flowers. But did you know that most of the food insects, humans, and other animals eat comes from angiosperms, which are the plants that make flowers? Would it shock you if I said I did? Wait, do you? No, but that was the shock I was hoping for. Please continue. Anyway, veggies like peas, peppers, and tomatoes are made from angiosperms. So are grains like wheat, rice, and barley. Fruits like apples, oranges, and bananas all come from flowering plants, too. Sounds to me like pretty much the entire world depends on flowers to help our food supplies. Yep. Chances are that at some point throughout the day, every day, you're going to eat at least one thing that flowers and their pollinators are responsible for. There must be a lot of these angiosperms in our world. Hmm. According to the computer, there are over 300,000 types of flowering plants that produce flowers of all shapes, sizes, and colors. Ren, you said that flowering plants are responsible for a lot of the food we eat. But are there flowers that are edible too? There are, but mostly they're used to add flavor or color to a meal. For example, there are alliums, which things like chive and garlic come from. <sighs> garlic? Relax, Jack. It's not like I'm suddenly going to whip out a garlic clove on you. Wait, you feed on knowledge. Why would garlic be a threat to you? Oh, it's only a threat to my taste buds. Hard pass on garlic. Gotcha. Back to edible flowers. There's honeysuckle, which can be used in salads. There's chamomile, which can be used as a tea. It has an apple-like flavor. And mint, which is used to add flavor to all sorts of things. Uh, Ren? I think that bee thinks the coffin is a flower. Mm, we need to get out of here. Coffin, go big and go home. Close. Indeed. But we're not done learning about flowers yet, are we? There's 
tons more cool things about flower power, Drac, as long as you still crave some knowledge. Why, totally. But all this going small and going big and flying fast to escape bees is making me dizzy. Sounds like it's time for us to talk about the medicinal benefits of flowers. Uh, you talk. I'm just going to uh, sit here and try to keep my breakfast from coming back up. Yikes. one of those medicinal flowers you were just talking about to help with my dizziness. You got it, bestie. Computer, show me how flowers help heal. Here we go, Drac. The chrysanthemum is just what Dr. Ren ordered. It's been used in traditional Chinese medicine for colds, fevers, headaches, anxiety, swelling, and dizziness. <laughs> That's the essence of chrysanthemum, Drac. Take a deep breath. Ah, not only does that smell good, but I'm already feeling better. Wait, my coffin can spray flower smells? I guess so. It's your coffin, dude. Mm, you'll never cease to amaze me, coffin. Now let's take a look at some other flowers now that can help the mind and body. So the oil from jasmine helps improve one's mood, as well as soothe achy muscles? Then there's lavender, which can help increase sleep and reduce stress. It's also helpful with skin infections. Up next, one of my favorites, the sunflower. Oh, the irony. <laughs> the sunflower is rich in nutrients that are essential to good health. Its oil helps prevent diseases connected to heart and digestion problems. According to the computer, roses, poppies, and daisies all have good stuff that helps with health too. It seems like humans need flowers as much as insects do, in ways we take for granted every day. Well, we know one thing we never take for granted with flowers, how they make us feel. Let's see what the computer has to say about the different colors and meanings of different flowers. Computer, you heard the vamp. We'll start with white orchids, which is traditionally a flower you send to someone who is grieving or needs sympathy. So a white flower is a great way to show you care. Sure is. Then there's the pink hyacinth, which is a symbol of positivity. What about sunflowers? My favorite. They mean adoration. The lilac represents the joy of youth. How about daisies? Innocence and loyalty. A yellow tulip means sunshine and smiles. And last but not least, roses? Well, they have all sorts of meanings. The red rose means love, a pink rose means happiness, and a yellow rose stands for jealousy. Okay, last question, and my thirst for knowledge will be quenched, Ren. Is there any meaning behind the kinds of bouquets brides carry on their wedding day? Ooh, good question. Traditionally, the bouquet will contain flowers that symbolize loyalty, a long life together, and of course, love. Duh! And the groom always wears a flower of matching color on his suit, which stems from a medieval tradition of wearing his lady's colors to declare his love for her. Ah, that's sweet. 
I can't believe how valuable and important flowers are in so many ways, Ren. Like I said earlier, we take for granted all the positive things they put into the world. We really do. And one thing I am positive about, my thirst for knowledge is no more. Let's get back to the park. Sounds good. Ren, let's go find some flower seeds and plant them here in the park. More flowers in the world is always a great idea. And the bees will be thanking us. And let's get busy already. Oh, good job, <laughs> Ren. Oh, we're very funny. <laughs> If you enjoyed today's episode of Drek, make sure to press that follow button so you can join us for the next episode right here on Go Kid Go Network. Do you like to laugh? Ah, uh, who am I kidding? Who doesn't like to laugh? So, okay, if you love to laugh, you'll love Don't Break the Rules. It's a hilarious comedy improv podcast where the voice actors make up their lines on the spot and try to be the only actor who doesn't break the rules. These talented actors are great at coming up with silly scenes and stories when they follow the rules for the episode. And it gets even sillier when they accidentally break the rules. The stories are guided by suggestions from kids like you, and the episodes feature laughs, burps, and the occasional unicorn. So if you'd like to giggle and play along, be sure to listen to Don't Break the Rules wherever you listen to podcasts.